Section number twelve of Glimpses of Bengal by Rabindranath Tagore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Shelida, October eighteen ninety one. Boat after boat touches at the landing place, and after a whole year, exiles are returning home from distant fields of work for puja vacation. Their boxes, baskets, and bundles loaded with presents. I notice one who, as his boat nears the shore, changes into a freshly folded and crinkled muslin dhoti dons over his cotton tunic a china silk coat carefully adjusts around his neck a neatly twisted scarf and walks off towards the village umbrella held aloft rustling waves pass over the rice fields mango and coconut treetops rise into the sky and beyond them there are fluffy clouds on the horizon the fringes of the palm leaves wave in the breeze the reeds on the sandbank are on the point of flowering it is an altogether exhilarating scene the feelings of the man who has just arrived home the eager expectancy of his folk awaiting him this autumn sky this world the gentle morning breeze the universal responsive tremor in tree and shrub and in the wavelets on the river conspire to overwhelm this lonely youth gazing from his window with unutterable joys and sorrows glimpses of the world received from wayside windows bring new desires or rather make old desires take on new forms the day before yesterday as i was sitting at the window of the boat a little fisher dinghy floated past the boatman singing a song not a very tuneful song but it reminded me of a night years ago when i was a child we were going along the padma in a boat i awoke one night at about two o'clock and on raising the window and putting out my head i saw the waters without a ripple gleaming in the moonlight and the youth in a little dinghy paddling along all by himself and singing oh so sweetly such sweet melody i had never heard before a sudden longing came upon me to go back to the day of that song to be allowed to make another essay at life this time not to leave it thus empty and unsatisfied but with a poet's song on my lips to float about the world on the crest of a rising tide to sing it to men and subdue their hearts to see for myself what the world holds and bear to let men know me to get to know them to burst forth through the world and life and youth like the eager rushing breezes and then return home to a fulfilled and fruitful old age to spend it as a poet should not a very lofty ideal is it to benefit the world would have been much higher no doubt but being on the whole what i am that ambition does not even occur to me i cannot make up my mind to sacrifice this precious gift of life in a self-wrought famine and disappoint the world and the hearts of men by fasts and meditations and constant arguments i count it enough to live and die as a man loving and trusting the world unable to look on it either as a delusion of the creator or a snare of the devil it is not for me to strive to be wafted away into the airiness of an angel Shelida, second karthik october eighteen ninety one when i came to the country i ceased to view of man as separate from the rest as the river runs through many a clime so does a stream of men babble on winding through woods and villages and towns it is not a true contrast that men may come and men may go but i go on forever humanity with all its confluent streams big and small flows on and on just as does the river from its source in birth to its sea of death two dark mysteries at either end and between them various play and work and chatter unceasing 
over there the cultivators sing in the fields here the fishing boats float by the day wears on and the heat of the sun increases some bathers are still in the river others are finished and are taking home their filled water vessels thus past both banks of the river hundreds of years have hummed their way while the refrain rises in a mournful chorus i go on forever amid the noonday silence some youthful cowherd is heard calling at the top of his voice for his companion some boat splashes its way homewards the ripples lap against the empty jar which some village woman rests on the water before dipping it and with these mingle several other less definite sounds the twittering of birds the humming of bees the plaintive creaking of the houseboat as it gently swings to and fro the whole making a tender lullaby as of a mother trying to quiet a suffering child fret not she sings as she soothingly pats his fevered forehead worry not weep no more let be your strugglings and grabbings and fightings forget a while sleep a while shelida third karthik october eighteen ninety one it was the kojagar full moon and i was slowly pacing the riverside conversing with myself it could hardly be called a conversation as i was doing all the talking and my imaginary companion all the listening the poor fellow had no chance of speaking up for himself for was not mine the power to compel him helplessly to answer like a fool but what a night it was how often have i tried to write of such but never got it done there was not a line of ripple on the river and from a wave over there where the farthest shore of the distant main stream is seen beyond the other edge of the midway belt of sand right up to this shore glimmers a broad band of moonlight not a human being not a boat in sight not a tree nor blade of grass on the fresh formed island sandbank it seemed as though a desolate moon was rising upon a devastated earth a random river wandering through a lifeless solitude a long-drawn fairy tale coming to a close over a deserted world all the kings and princesses their ministers and friends in their golden castles vanished leaving the seven seas and thirteen rivers and the unending moor over which the adventurous princes fared forth vanly gleaming in the pale moonlight i was pacing up and down like the last pulse beats of this dying world everyone else seemed to be on the opposite shore the shore of life where the british government and the nineteenth century hold sway and tea and cigarettes Shelida, ninth january eighteen ninety two for some days the weather here has been wavering between winter and spring in the morning perhaps shivers will run over both land and water at the touch of the north wind while the evening will thrill with the south breeze coming through the moonlight there is no doubt that spring is well on its way after a long interval the papilla once more calls out from the groves on the opposite bank the hearts that men too are stirred and after evening falls sounds of singing are heard in the village showing that they are no longer in such a hurry to close doors and windows and cover themselves up snugly for the night to-night the moon is at its full and its large round face peers at me through the open window on my left as if trying to make out whether i have anything to say against it in my letter it suspects maybe that we mortals concern ourselves more with its stains than its beams a bird is plaintively crying tt on the sandbank the river seems not to move there are no boats the motionless groves on the bank cast an unquivering shadow on the waters 
the haze over the sky makes the moon look like a sleepy eye kept open henceforward the evenings will grow darker and darker and when tomorrow i come over from the office this moon the favorite companion of my exile will already have drifted a little farther from me doubting whether she had been wise to lay her heart so completely bare last evening and so covering it up again little by little nature becomes really and truly intimate in strange and lonely places i have been actually worrying myself for days at the thought that after the moon is past her full i shall daily miss the moonlight more and more feeling further and further exiled when the beauty and peace which awaits my return to the riverside will no longer be there and i shall have to come back through the darkness anyhow i put it on record that to-day is the full moon the first full moon of this year's springtime in years to come i may perchance be reminded of this night with the titi of the bird on the bank the glimmer of the distant light on the boat off the other shore the shining expanse of river the blur of shade thrown by the dark fringe of trees along its edge and the white sky gleaming overhead in unconcerned aloofness shelida seventh april eighteen ninety two the river is getting low and the water in this arm of it is hardly more than waist-deep anywhere so it is not at all extraordinary that the boat should be anchored in midstream. On the bank, to my right, the riots are ploughing and cows are now and then brought down to the water's edge for a drink. To the left, there are the mango and coconut trees of the old Shalida garden above, and on the bathing slope below there are village women washing clothes, filling water jars, bathing, laughing and gossiping in their provincial dialect the younger girls never seem to get through their sporting in the water it is a delight to hear their careless merry laughter the men gravely take the regulation number of dips and go away but girls are on much more intimate terms with the water both alike babble and chatter and ripple and sparkle in the same simple and natural manner both may languish and fade away under a scorching glare yet both can take a blow without hopelessly breaking under it the hard world which but for them would be barren cannot fathom the mystery of the soft embrace of their arms tennyson has it that woman to man is as water to wine i feel to-day it should be as water is to land woman is more at home with the water laving in it playing with it holding her gatherings beside it and while for her other burdens are not seemly the carrying of water from the spring the well the bank of river or pool has ever been held to become her. End of section 12